ready for the word? Yeah. Four of you, thank you. I said, are you ready for the word? Yeah. Oh, look, because I'm ready to preach it. So I want to jump in. I'm continuing uh, walking through the book of Colossians that we began last week. We're going to begin straight away with looking at chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Paul, an apostle, the word apostle means messenger, means a messenger. Messenger has a message. Who is that message from? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. The message is from Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers. Any brothers in the house? Yeah, thank you, thank you. I say, any sisters in the house? Brothers, brothers, brothers. Okay, I want to say it again. Any brothers in the house? Yeah, that's more like it. To the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Colossae is just a place. The Colossians were a people like Wellingtonians who live in Wellington. Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. So this is the second and final part of manufacture. And so we've called it manu. It's like a little play on words because I'm speaking to the man. I'm talking to the man. We've got some men in here. I'm talking to you today. You've got to understand, I want you, if there's a brother near you, I'm talking to the brothers. If there's a brother next to you or near you, you just turn to them. You look them in there. Come on, turn to them. Look at them. Look at them and say, you're my brother from another mother. Come on. You're my brother from another mother. Because you are. We've got different mothers, but we've got the same father. Amen. Our father that art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so I'm speaking to the brothers today. Different brother, different brother, <laughs> different mother, same father. So the word manufacture, that simply means this. The word means the act of making and producing. And we are called to make disciples. And that's what we want to do at Connect Church. We want to make disciples and see them produce fruit in their walk. And so we're speaking to the brothers in that regard today. And so I want to say to the ladies here today, I want to say to the women here today, all the single ladies, all the married ladies, I know Beyonce, yo. But wherever that finds you, don't get mad. I'm a dad, don't get mad that I'm speaking to the men, okay? And, and I was like, because Gia, Gia, I won't tell you who it was. Oh, I just did. Gia said, Dad, they might get mad. The ladies might get mad if you're just speaking to the men, but I, how many know that the sisters love the brothers? Come on, can I hear an amen? You want to hear a message, and, and that's going to help them and build them. And, and again, that's the purpose of uh, uh, Paul's thing. He says in Colossians 2, verse 2, my purpose is that they may be encouraged. I don't want to beat anybody up. Men are beaten up enough in the world we live in. I don't want to beat anyone. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. He says, my purpose, Paul says, is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. And so last week, I, when I did part one, I felt strongly four things the brothers needed to know. Four things that the brothers needed to know. Number one, number one, you're okay. You're okay. The brothers need to know that they're, they're okay. I felt really, when God stopped me on that word, and re remember, in other Bibles, you gotta, like I say, ladies, you got to understand, in this Bible, when I read this, it had the word brothers. In other Bibles, just so you know, it's got the word saints, so it's talking to the brothers and the sisters. But the thing is, when I read this Bible, it's about 20 years old, it just had the word brother, and I felt the Lord say, I want to speak to the men. And so I need to be obedient to that and do that. And so uh, the, the first thing I really felt from the heart of God was to say to the men, you're oh." You're okay. 
God wants to share that with you. God wants to say that to you. Why? Because there are many men in the place and around the place who don't feel they're okay, who somehow feel that they're lacking something. Many men carrying shame and, 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 and blame. And I, I came last week to say, shame off you. You're okay. You're all right. I struggle so strongly from the Lord. The second thing I said to the man last week, watch out for isolation. Watch out for isolation. The Bible says, beware of the devil's schemes. One of the devil's most effective schemes against men is isolation. He seeks to isolate you. He wants to isolate you from your God, isolate you from your family, isolate you from your wife, isolate you from your friends, isolate you from your kids. If he can isolate you, and how does he do that? He lies. He lies. And sometimes we can believe the lies of the devil rather than the truth of God. We believe what the devil says rather than what God says in his word. The devil is a liar. And he lies. What does he say? He says things to men. You're no good. You can't make it. What are you being a Christian for? You're not good enough. You, uh, you, uh, no one uh, struggles like you do. You're just weird. You're just there. And so men pull back. When I hear that, when I see men pulling back and saying, oh, no, oh, no, I can't come to church because I'm not this enough or that, that enough. And I, pull, I always watch out. It's isolation. Isolating the devil seeks to uh, isolate people, making them think, uh, think no one struggles with the things you do. No one's tempted like you are. No one goes through the stuff uh, uh, you, you do. But I want to tell you here, man, watch out for isolation. You've got to know whatever struggle. I know you've got your struggles. You've got your struggles. I've got mine. Anyone remember that song from the 60s? Okay, maybe not. I thought I did a pretty good rendition right there. Okay, you obviously didn't. So, but, 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 but all of us, all of us have got struggles. All of us have got issues. Turn to the person next to you and say, "I know you got issues." Come on, I know you. Got we all got issues. Neil's got issues. I mean, everybody's got issues. <laughs> Let it out. Oh Lord Jesus. Every one of us got issues, but here's what we're going to know. First Corinthians tells us in 10 verse 13, there have no temptation taken you, but that which is common to man. All of us got issues. That's why you've got to understand you're okay, but don't allow yourself to be isolated. Don't allow the devil to lie and say, you ain't, nobody got that problem like you. We all got problems. We all got issues. See, the devil seeks your isolation so he can affect your elimination. Come on, that's good preaching. The devil tries to isolate you so that he might eliminate you from the race. So he might eliminate you from this, this cause that we are a part of. Watch out whenever you're isolating yourself. The third thing I felt the Lord get me to tell the men was you're not alone. You're not alone. You're okay. Don't isolate yourself because you're not alone. Listen, you got to know it. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother. Everybody say Brother. Oh, God, sound like a black man now. Brother. A brother is born for adversity. What is adversity? Well, I looked up in that. I didn't even know how you say it. Is that theosaurus or dinosaurus or whatever it is that gives you the different meanings? Adversity. I don't know. It's that thesaurus thing. But adversity, here's what it says. Here's what adversity means. And you've got to understand, brothers, you're not alone. We're born for this. We're there to help you. I'm your pastor. I'm there to help you. There are other brothers there to help you. Can I hear an amen from the brothers? Come on. 
What's adversity? It says when you're facing ill luck, bad luck, trouble, difficulty, hardship, distress, disaster, misadventure, suffering, affliction, sorrow, misery, heartbreak, heartache, tribulation, whoa, pain, trauma, torment, torture, mishap, shock, setback, crisis, catastrophe, tragedy, calamity, trial, cross, burden, hard times, trials and tribulations, hell on earth, dire straits, brothers in arms. We're there. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're here for you. Number four. I want you to grab this one because this is what some people don't grab this. They, they might hear it preached, but they don't grab it. Number four. Men, don't focus on your condition, but rather understand your position in him. Oh, this is a big one. This is real, real, real important. Let's not focus on our condition. Men, do not focus on your condition, but rather your position in him. It says in the scripture to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ. We've got to understand in your Christian walk, I don't matter whether you're a man or a woman, you have got to live out of your position in him, not the condition you're in. You have got to live out of who you are in Christ. A lot of Christians, most believers actually miss this. They don't understand who they are in Christ. And so they do life like religion. What does religion do? Religion says, change, you better sort yourself out. Oh, you're a naughty boy. Oh, you're a naughty girl. Oh, you're not. You better change before God will accept you. You better get yourself a haircut, boy. You better shave that beard off or whatever it is. Tie them. What do you got holes in those jeans for? Why you got those evil tattoos? Or whatever it is. Religion says you got to change. Before God accepts, help me know that's not the way. Thank God, thank God, thank you, Jesus. That's not the way he works. How does God work? He he does this. He says to Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm eating with you today. And Zacchaeus, because he came down, because he was accepted, uh, Zacchaeus began to change. He said, I'm going to pay back all the people I've ripped off and all the people. So as Christ accepted, he changed. Because, friend, I want to tell you, if you're trying to get holy by doing things, oh, I want God to love me. I want God to do that. i got to change. i got to be better. i got to do better. i got to be this type of thing. How many know that's just going to wear you out? And that's religion. You don't want to do religion here. Because what I say, listen, you, you, you've got to understand holiness is not the way to Christ. Oh, I've got to live a holy life. Christ is the way to holiness. I'll say that again. Holiness is not holy. Holiness. Holiness, holiness, grasshopper, yeah. Oh, no, don't go there. Pray and walk away. No, it's holiness. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Because we can't do it in our own strength. Kenneth Pryor said this, holiness is not only commanded by God's law, but it is made available by His grace. What what God's law demands, the grace of God supplies. You've got to understand it. What God's law demands, the grace of God supplies. He makes it available for you. And see, you can choose to stay, men, in your condition. You can choose to focus on the condition that you're in. 
and you can try and cover your shame and stuff with fig leaves and all that just as they did back in the garden and they hid, uh, hid from God or you can embrace your place. You can embrace your position that you're, come on, I'm preaching good. You can embrace the place and position that Christ has made available for you and live out of that and live from that position. Can I hear an amen? amen? Embrace your place. Stop trying to do what God has already done for you. And so that way you can serve, not, not so God will love you. Some people are like, oh, if I can just do this more, God will love me more. No, you've got to understand, uh, God has already loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave. How much does he love you? This much. He, we know he loves us. And so we live out of that position. Very, very important. To the holy and faithful brothers in Christ. Colossians 1 verse 21 says, once you are alienated from God. But listen, in verse 22 it says, but now. Everybody say, but now. He has reconciled you to Christ's physical body. What? To present you holy in his sight. Without blemish, free from accusation. What has he done? He's presenting you holy. Now listen, what Colossians 1 verse 12 says. To the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Some of you here today, man, and you don't feel qualified. But I want to tell you, you've got the job. Who qualified? It says, to the Father who has what? Say it again. Come on. Come on, say it now. To the Father who has? Who qualified you? Come on, who qualified you? you got the job. You're qualified. Stop living your life as though you're not qualified. Stop living your life as if God hasn't done as God hasn't done that for you. You can stand here today, men or women, knowing today that God has qualified you. You can't do it yourself. You can, our stuff is just like fig leaves. But friends, I want to tell you, you are qualified. Turn to the person next to you and say, "You got the job. You got a job. He's qualified you. Qualified you to what?" He's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He, he, he has qualified you to share in all that God has available for you. Everything that was available in heaven is available for you, son and daughter of the most high God. So it's important, men, everywhere, everyone, that we live out of our position in Christ rather than the condition we're in. What does that mean? It's like we, we don't live by feelings. Oh, in a band day and a day, I don't feel like done going to church. Oh, I don't feel, oh man, this happened or that happened. Friend, I, I want to tell you, we are not called to walk by feelings. Because how many know we can't trust our feelings? I mean, I'm up, I'm, I, I'm down, I, had a, I get a bill and, you know, I was happy five minutes ago and then I get that sucker bill. And anybody got know that guy named Bill? Anyone know Bill? And you see Bill, and it's like, Bill, you just ruined my day. And we, 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 friends, we've got to understand, we are not called to live by feelings. We are called to walk by what? Faith. Thank you. Well, walk by? Faith. Walk by? Faith. faith. It says to the holy and faithful, be full of faith. Allow faith to full, fill. <laughs> your life. Let's be faithful. Faithful brothers. How do we do that? How do we live that in this world that we, we are in? Psalm 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man or any man, it's not just young people's problem, how can a young man keep his way pure? 
Then the psalmist answers. He says this, I seek you with all of my heart. Man, today, are you seeking him? Do you seek him? I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Another version says, do not let me stray from your path. Do not let me stray from your way. Man, are you seeking him? Can I say this? And hear me, I'm Pastor Adam. I love you. I'm trying to help you. For a lot of men, the Bible is revered but not read. For a lot of men, the Bible is revered but not read. We believe it's the inspired Word of God. We hold the Word of God in high esteem, yet we rarely read it. And many men, therefore, are suffering from spiritual anorexia. Starving ourselves from the Word. Because you've got to understand this. You've got to understand that the devil does not mind if you revere the Bible as long as you don't read and feed from it. Amen. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you very much. He don't mind if you revere the Bible. He don't mind if you go, whoa, i got such a big Bible. He don't mind that as long as you don't read and feed from it. What is spiritual anorexia? It's an aversion to reading and feeding from the Scriptures. And I want to say, as in the natural, so in the spiritual. Men, you don't eat, you get weak. Well, I don't know about you, but that's how I am. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I don't eat for 15 minutes or so. No, I don't, I don't eat. After a little while, I'll get weak. That's why my wife, every time she catches me at the fridge. Have you ever had that experience? Hang on, just don't play too, too, too much at the moment. This ain't the food for I'm at the fridge. Yeah, I'm going, man's going to eat. Hey, man, have you ever found that? Just somehow you can go to sneak that pie and somehow the wife always comes in and, come on, give me a witness now. And you want to admit it? Come on, thank you, Jesus. The rest of you are just lying because you're so nervous. Just when you go in, she's like, what are you doing? I was just praying over the food. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your provision for us and my family. I've got to confess, dear, those two pieces of fudge yesterday, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> She's like, Dad, there's two pieces of fudge for you I brought home from netball. I went to eat it. She's like, what you doing? Get your fingers off that fudge. I said, there is another time and another place. I will eat that fudge. <laughs> when she was gone, I went in. Stealth-like. And I ate that fudge and it was nice. Because <laughs> if you don't feed, you get weak. If you don't feed, you <laughs> go on. See, as a natural son, the spiritual men, you don't eat, you, you get weak. You don't feed on the word, it's hard to lead. Yeah. See, people with anorexia, what, what, what do we know about them? They eat really, but they can eat really, but they can function quite normally. They can hide it after a while, but, but, but slowly as things go on, they get weaker and weaker. And many men like that sporadically touch the word. Oh, I read a bit there, I hear a bit there, I steal it like a bit of fudge. But, 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 and, and it fills me for a little while, but, then I, I, but, but slowly, if we do not eat, if we do not feed the word, if we do not feed, it's hard 
to lead. So people that anorexia, they, they'll slowly get weaker and weaker. And that is how many men are when they're feeding from the word sporadic small bites every now and then. Spiritual anorexia sets in. And so men today, if you were to weigh yourself on the spiritual scales, how would you weigh in? We won't talk about the other kind of scales. But see, if your intake of the food, uh, of the word is hit and miss, you've got to understand you are cutting yourself off from the only source of spiritual nutrition. You miss the vitamins that God makes available. You've got to understand the word of God is the meat and potatoes of your spiritual life. We miss out those things. And you don't feed, it becomes hard to lead. And so many men struggle to lead their homes. Many uh, men struggle to lead their homes spiritually. See, a lot of men will believe God, but they feel overwhelmed and intimidated when it comes to spiritual leadership of their home, whether it be leading your home, leading your family, leading your kids. And the funny thing is we can be leaders in our field in the marketplace we can be amazing in what we do, but when it comes to spiritual leadership in that area, we haven't got a clue. Someone says, hey, can you pray a prayer? And you break out in a sweat. Hashtag freak out. It's like, man, I don't know how to pray a prayer. I don't know how to find a book in the Bible because we somehow don't feel we're equipped for it. We're intimidated by it. In fact, I think a lot of, a lot of men, if I'm, I'm really honest, I think a lot of men, just when it comes to spiritual authority and spiritual leadership, they just go, oh, that's a sister's thing. That's what all the ladies do. The ladies can do that. I'm not a very religious person or whatever. Yeah, I know I believe in God, but that's the ladies' thing. They do that stuff. I'm wanting to call the men up and out and into something greater. You've got to understand there is a spiritual anointing on your life to take hold and to lead. And often I found men just, just saying, oh, no, that's mom's, mom, mom's job. And so if I say, oh, can I go, dad, can you say a prayer? And dad goes, freak out. And it's like, how do you pray? How do you pray? I don't know how to pray. I want to tell you how do men pray. You got to understand, man, you're okay. Everybody say, man, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You don't have to pray like the ladies. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the ladies, they're more expressive. They're like, oh, little flowers and butterflies. And, and they're doing all, all their things. You're a man. That's how, when my, my wife gets a haircut, as I'm sure the ladies know when they get a haircut. Oh, how's your hair? Oh, you've done your hair. Oh, my goodness. What have you done? Oh, sister, it looks amazing. Guys, how do we do haircuts? You got a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Come on, man. Say amen right now. I'm trying to help you. That, that, that's the thing. We, we, we get it. We're not expressive. So if you're saying, how do I pray? It's just a matter of standing up and just saying, God, I want to pray over my family. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Thou shalt love. I'm going to love you, God, with all of my heart and with all of my soul and with all of my mind and with all of my strength. Father, today I understand over my family, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I pray for my family. Just speak. Just talk. God's not going not fancy enough. Just speak. Lead. Why? Because you're qualified. 
Stop thinking you're not qualified. He's qualified you. Stop going, I can't do it. No, you're qualified. You've got the job. So lead. Good preaching, Anne. Thank you. Embrace your place and step up and step out and step into spiritual leadership in your home and in your, your church. Right now, I know for a fact that some of you have straight away lost sight of your position and start looking in, at your condition. You started going, oh man, I've really mucked up. Man, I haven't led like I should have. I haven't done like I should have. There you go. You're doing it again. You're getting stuck on your condition. Instead of understanding your position, I am not here today to point out your problems. I'm here today to call out your potential. I'm here today to call out what God has. Come on, somebody. I'm here today to call out, men what is in you, to fan and to flame the gifts of God that are within you, what is on the inside of you. There is greatness on the inside of you. Stop focusing on what you can't do and know what God was calling you to. I've got to say to the wives here today, don't go home. I mean, go home. I mean, eventually, yeah. (laughs) But don't go home. Okay, did you hear what Pastor Adam said? You need to pick up your level, Leroy. You need to sow yourself out. You pray like a wet blanket. You just like, you need to step it up. I know there's no wives like that, but in other churches, oh, Lord Jesus. Well, we've got to be careful. You've got to understand what the man already knows where he lacks. The man already knows that's what holds him back because he's living out of that condition. But you've got to say to him, what can you say to him? You've got to speak to him and say, there's greatness on you. There is goodness on you. Sometimes you don't see it. I know. I have to convince Anita every now and then. There's greatness on me, honey. But we need that. We need that. The worst thing you can do is go from a meeting like this and say, well, Pastor Adam said, and then, and then. That will do you no good. Start speaking life over your man. Start speaking strength over him. Start saying, you're a good man. You're a good man. God's got a great plan. Why? Because he's qualified. He's got the job. All of us are qualified. It's not just guys. All of us are qualified in him to share in the inheritance of the saints. We're qualified. We got the job. Because, man, friends, I want to tell you, you don't feed, it will be hard to lead. You've seen those things where, 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 where the people in co- countries where there's famine and stuff and the, the, the kids can't eat and they can't stand because they're weak, friends. So many men are malnourished like that and they can't stand up in the Word because they're not feeding and therefore they're not leading how God would have them lead. need to feed. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What's the goal of that? The goal of The goal of feeding on the Word is not just so that we can get smarter in our Bible knowledge. It's not. 
the goal of feeding on the Word is that we might live it out in our lives. Ezra 7 verse 10 says this, Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to what? Practice it. To what? To practice it. To do it. See, God's heart for us is not just head knowledge information, but heart knowledge transformation. He's believing that we would somehow change as this word comes and fills our life, that it would change us and shift us from where we are now for, to where we need to go. See, it's not about just reading it and knowing it. It's about living it and doing it and obeying it. James 1.22 says this, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever, verse 25, but whoever, this is whoever, whoever you are, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, understand as we present ourselves to the Lord, it gives, brings freedom to our life. The perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, continues not just doing it sporadically, not just a little bit here and a little, but continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Listen, here's what will happen. They will be blessed in what they do. You'll be blessed. We would live it out. If we don't feed from it, we can't know it and we can't do it. Men, two words, junk food. Guys, what are you filling your life with? Stuff that does you no good, stuff that will never satisfy, stuff that is temporary, stuff that isn't spiritually nutritious. What are you feeding and filling yourself with? Stuff that, like I said, will never satisfy. Chasing after the world, thinking if I have this or I do that, I do, do this or get that, that that will satisfy. Friends, someone said this, and I think it's so, so, so powerful that a man caught up in this world is not ready for the next one. We've got to get ready to prepare ourselves to lead. What are you filling your life with? What are you investing your time, time on? My brothers, He has called you. He has qualified you. You're okay. Tap a brother and tell him he's okay. Come on. He's okay. You're okay. Understand your position in Christ. And understand that doing any of this, you don't do it so God will love you. You do this because God loves you. Out of that, out of the position that you are qualified in Christ to do this. You are free from accusation. You are made holy in Him. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. From that position, you live. Never doubt who you are in Him. Just begin to live it. Where do I start? Someone said this, and I, 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 I love this. It says, your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. So start. Start today as mercies are new this morning. 
His grace is available to you today. I know that every single one of you want to be a better brother, a better man, a better leader. Start today. And if you muck up, don't look at your condition. Understand your position and start again. And if you muck up again, don't look at your condition. Understand your position and start again. And just keep doing it and doing it and doing what is right. And allow God to build strength in your life. Every man in the house, stand up, wherever you are. Every man, come on, young men, old men. All the single ladies, all the married ladies, stretch out your hands to these men. And let's just pray for them right now. Shame off you. Shame off you right now. I pray in the name of Jesus for every man under the sound of my voice here today that they might know the grace and favor of God in their situation. Father God, we, we know as men, we get stuck in our condition. But I say today, God, as they walk out of here, may they know their position in Him. May they know here today and resolve in their heart that they're qualified and that they would live out of it, that they've got the job that they are able to do immeasurably more than all they could ask or imagine according to the power of God that works within them. God, I pray for every man here today. Father, I pray washing of the Word. Father, there'll be men here today and they'll be saying, man, I need to step it up. There'll be men here today, but let them know, God, they step out of that place of grace. What the law of God demands, the grace of God supplies. And I pray you would supply them, Father God, according to every need in this house that I pray for every man to be strong in their leadership. Bless them right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all those ladies that love their men, they say, Amen. 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 Let's thank the Holy Spirit in this place.